every celebrity, their thought on Thursday and Friday would be, how do we skip the day? Beckham just flipped that on his head. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Alan Quinlan, good morning to you. Morning, lads. How are you? Flying the thanks, yeah. Um, there's so much to chat about. We might start with Stuart Lancaster and uh, the bombshell that dropped this week. Nothing confirmed just yet. By all accounts, he's to jump on a Zoom with the owner and the current head coach at Racing at some point over the weekend. And uh, perhaps after all of that, um, he'll be handing in his notice uh, to leave, uh, to spend the rest of the season, obviously, and leave at that point. What's your assessment um, of... Lancaster's um, the impact of Lancaster leaving on Leinster will be um, yeah it's look I think Leo Cullen summed it up yesterday when you're when you're in Leinster's position um, there's always going to be somebody kind of hovering around uh, looking at their coaches um, looking at possibly some of their players as well um, I know that the players probably don't move that much and uh, particularly the Irish guys but um their success in recent years and, and what he's he's done with Leinster has obviously attracted a lot of clubs and this is not the first time it's come up about Stuart Lancaster possibly being wanted by, by somebody else um, it did a couple of years ago with Australia um, those mm. talks that he may take that job and that they were interested I think any club would be interested in him given what what he's done with Leinster and, and obviously what you hear about what the players speak about him um, so you know, you think about uh, you think back to the situation in 2015 with England um, and the way that ended so disappointingly. And I ended up interviewing him last year, and you know, he he constantly brings that up how it was um, obviously part and parcel of, of of coaching and setbacks and disappointments, but it still hurts him a lot. I think Leinster has been a obviously been a real refreshment for him. Um, he's enjoyed working with a very elite group of players and had brilliant success I think and uh, he takes the disappointment um, badly as well I think last year's Champions Cup final loss and, and the semi-final in the URC was was incredibly disappointing obviously for him but you know I think uh, it's it's kind of speculation does not, but it's not a surprise for me that number one that somebody would come looking for him and that maybe if he does decide to go, that's you know you couldn't argue against him maybe changing, changing his position. Maybe you know I always thought he'd go back to international rugby and um, would that would be a big attraction. But Rasting are a very big club and, and financial package there would be very very strong as well. So um, and for him to kind of take sole control of a team, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that happens again. So. It's down to his success and Leinster's success, and uh, um, it's obviously, you know, he hasn't been offered or given a given a, a, a contract extension. I don't think, or he obviously hasn't um, been in a position to refuse that. So maybe Leinster will offer that contract, and it might not happen. But it's, uh, if you're, it's certainly if you're, big news. If you're, um, there's two aspects to it, and this is the first one on that exact point, Quinny. If you're the IRFU slash Leinster looking at all this unfolding is there an opportunity now to go listen it's Friday he's going to be having these Zooms over the weekend let's get in contact let's try to try to firm something up here let's get a counter offer is he would you be pushing 
uh, pushing the boat out? Is he that important to make sure that he's locked down? Well, I think it's it's um, yeah, he is incredibly important um, to Leinster and, and has done a great job. But I presume he's agent. What if you know you you have agents for these things and they have conversations? So um, sometimes you know, just look at Leo Cullen's situation himself, signing a one year deal, and, and and he's done that for a couple of years. Um, sometimes people are pretty relaxed about not kind of um, about. You know, getting to this time of year, and, and traditionally, this is when players start signing contracts for if they're up the following season. And it's the same for coaches. It's not like, you know, it, soccer in the Premiership where you're you're a year and a half out and you're signing new contracts. I suppose that's because they they get into that free contract situation. Um, they can move for nothing, and and there's a finite big financial implication. But um, yeah, I I think I. I Let's not be naive Adrian, to think that Leinster or the RFU, there hasn't been discussions about this. They wouldn't just be blindsided with this situation. Um, so we don't know the exact details there. I'm sure that if, if if Stuart Lancaster wants to extend his contract, I'm sure the RFU and Leinster would be very happy to do that unless there's some sort of yeah. ambition for change and and stuff like that. So, yeah, I would. Um, you know, maybe, maybe they've got to... If, if they if they really if Leinster really want him to stay, they've they've got to you know get on it now a bit more aggressively. I would imagine. Um, Johnny Sexton obviously retires uh, or possibly retires, um, depending on how much you believe what Leo Cullum was saying the other week at the end of this uh, at the end of the World Cup. Um, it seems like he's a guy obviously who had a big reputation early in his career for being a bit cranky with teammates and you know a bit of a barker around the pitch. But that over the last number of years, he's morphed into a slightly different personality that might be more aligned with, let's say, a senior coaching role at uh, at a club. Is there any possibility that? Um, once he hangs up the boots that you know a position becomes available he knows the culture he's driven the culture between himself and Cullen and uh, Lancaster over the last number of years that he'd be an ideal fit in so many ways yeah I'm sure he would um, you know I was having a conversation with someone the other day about about coaching and um, look a lot of a lot of good players make very good coaches but some good players don't make good coaches um, so, are you, th- you, know, are, you, you are, are you thinking he wouldn't? No, I'm not. I'm just I'm just saying that it doesn't necessarily mean um, it's always a risk for any player coming out of the game, no matter how good they are, going straight into coach a team because of the familiarity, the lack of experience. It's a different type of role. Um, some players can do it. You know, Anthony Foley did it in Munster. He came straight out practically. He actually went in with the academy and the A team for a year or two. Um, Rog obviously went off to, to, mm-hmm. to France. So, some people do it. You know, Sean O'Brien has come out of, of London Irish. He's gone in, uh, you know, as a coach for Leinster. Um, but for, for someone like Johnny to step into the Stuart Lancaster role, could he do it? Of course he could do it. Um, I think he's practically... <laughs> You know, similar to Ronald O'Gara when he was at Munster, he's coaching a lot of that stuff anyway, and he's stuck in the middle of a lot of the, you know, the sessions and the the vocal stuff and uh, in in those sessions and and the, t- and the way the team trains. So of of course he could do it, um, but you know, it, there is always a risk because of that familiarity and one day being a player and the next day being a being a head coach. I'm not saying it can't be done, but Again, it's it's kind of like hypothetical because you're kind of thinking, you know, Leinster make a decision on this. It's if Stuart Lancaster leaves, 
would Johnny Sexton be someone that could step straight in there? Yeah, I've no doubt he could. Um, it depends what the player wants himself. Maybe he'll want to do something different. And but you know, sometimes these opportunities happen in your life where something happens for a reason, and there is an opportunity. And you know, if he was retiring and stepped straight into that role, I'm sure um, it would be. You know, it could really work for both both the club and uh, and the player. But um, you know, undoubtedly he he. You know, you look at Draco. Um, I always thought Draco would be a coach and could be a coach. And um, you know, Paul didn't do it for a couple of years, and uh, after he retired, and he's making a great job of it now. So it just depends what the individual wants themselves. Do they want to break from that environment and go somewhere else, or possibly go straight into it? But um, I think the transition would be pretty seamless as regards you know knowing the culture, as you say, and that's really important, and knowing the standards. Um, but you know, when you're friends with guys and close to fellas that mm. close, it can sometimes be risky. Um, when we look at the the action, we've obviously uh, at last some games to talk about as well. Quinny, obviously around one of the URC done Ulster, I presume, probably the only one that are really satisfied after the opening weekend. How impressed with Ulster were you? Um, yeah, I was kind of double-edged sword. Impressed with Ulster, but disappointed with Connacht. Um, mm. I think Ulster certainly went look. And they've shown it in the last number of years, and we've consistently been speaking about cons- uh, their consistency and you know being able to back it up in really big games. They're capable of that kind of performance against anybody in in, in Belfast. And when I was ta- talking to you know to Jaron Monday morning about it, I think I was thinking afterwards was that was I a bit was I a bit harsh in Connacht because you know the other provinces could go to Belfast and struggle there when they kind of get their mojo going and they get in the front foot and they get tempo in their game they can do that kind of stuff to teams um, they're capable of it um, they're you know when they get their tails up they're very very dangerous and when you look at where they finished the season I think they would have probably you know beating Munster convincingly in that quarter final they should have beaten the Stormers probably in, I, I think they should have laid try in the semi-final they could have easily been in a final um, of the URC, um, as always, the challenge for them is 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 up front and that physicality and that physical battle. Um, but it's very early early days for all these teams, Adrian. I think uh, Dan McFarland certainly be really pleased with the start. I think it was great to see Luke Marshall back as well. He's had such a stop start couple of seasons with injuries. Stuart McCluskey was brilliant. Um, Nathan Doak, I think, is is really maturing as a player and. You know, they've got a lot of young players coming through. Balakapun is back. Jacob Stockdale had a few brilliant touches. So if their forwards deliver on a consistent basis to, to, to the back line that they have, they have a lot of dangerous players out wide. And uh, obviously it's going to be a different challenge from this week going to the Scarlets, um, who themselves... There's there's some similarities about you know the, the type of game that they're capable of playing both sides. You know, scoring a lot of tries, but conceding scores as well, and um, you know, so I think it was a really good start for them, definitely in in an inter pro game where Connacht have gone there in a couple of times in the last couple of seasons and won. So I think um, certainly, um, you know, they can build a bit of momentum from this, and um, you know, be confident going going over to Wales at the weekend. You mentioned Connacht there. Do you give them any hope over the next couple of weeks? Because obviously they have to go to South Africa. They come back. They have a quite horrendous run of fixtures in general. And from the last game, 
I don't know, I didn't put a lot of faith in what you might get out of them. And how, how do you come back from that start of a season as well if it does go as badly as it looks like it might? Yeah, it's it's very difficult for them. And, and you think confidence-wise, um, look, it was always going to be different, difficult start for them going to Belfast. And it's a really tough, tough start for them. You know, having to go to Belfast, play Ulster, and then go to South Africa for a couple of weeks. But sometimes... And I listened to Peter Wilkins talking about it the other day and Andy Friends. Um, you know, they have an opportunity maybe to galvanize themselves. The South African teams at the moment will be missing some of their Springbok players. Um, obviously, that's a little bit different from the second half of last season when all the South African uh, teams were very, very strong and they had all those international players with them. So, um, yeah, I think they've got to kind of pull, the, pull together. Um, Connacht's, you know, play a really good brand of rugby and they're very exciting to watch. Uh, but they've got to get their fundamentals right. They're particularly scrum line-outs and, and, and that breakdown. And, you know, they struggled last week at the breakdown and they were physically kind of out-muscled. Um, Ulster did a lot of damage with their maul. So, um, you know, for Peter Wilkins and, Anthony, and Andy Friend, um, they have a couple of players coming back. That will certainly boost them. They have their, you know, emerging Ireland players who will join up with Ireland in South Africa. So at least they get to play with them as well. So I think they have a chance, uh, certainly have a chance. But, you know, it'd be great for them if they can win one of the games in the next two weeks. But, you know, against the Stormers tomorrow, I think it's, it's, it's you know, they need to get something out of that. If they don't get the results, they need to play well. They need to get a little bit of confidence built up again and a bit of a feel-good factor back within the team and, and uh, not panic, but you know we know these games they can run away from you very quickly. You know you suddenly you could be six or seven games in, and Connacht are scrambling for a win. Um, they want to get into Europe and want to be in the playoffs as well. So um, next couple of weeks are really vital for them for sure. Mm. You could say some of the same stuff about Munster, and we'll come to the activity on the pitch in just a minute, uh, Quinny. But definitely uh, wanted to mention as well that the Irish Independent have been reporting today that Chris Farrell has stepped away from um, Munster. It's a very serious issue. Um, to quote some of the piece here by uh, Shane Phelan in the paper this morning, that uh, uh, he he's saying that they've had a statement from Munster confirming that Chris Farrell will not be involved with the team while French uh, legal process is ongoing. And this all relates to. Um, as they say, his involvement uh, with Munster uh, Rugby uh, stepping away from that after cases against him and four other rugby players were referred to a French criminal court following allegations uh, that a young woman was raped. Uh, he isn't accused of rape but is facing an accusation of not stopping a crime along with another player. And then there are four um, uh, other players who um, are facing uh, more serious allegations. So with all that in the mix, um, as I said, Munster Rugby have issued a statement. They say that Munster Rugby and Chris Farrell have agreed that with immediate effect, he'll be stepping back from his involvement with the Munster squad while legal proceedings in uh, whilst legal proceedings in France concerning his alleged involvement as a witness to an alleged crime in 2017 are ongoing. As this is an active legal matter before the French courts, we no further comments. So that's the statement given to the Irish Independent um, from Munster. It's a very serious matter and um, a very straightforward set of events in terms of him stepping away, Quinny. It is, and, and um, it's obviously pretty alarming to situation for everybody involved. We've got to be very careful of what we say here. Um, 
I think I just read it read about that last night. I was I was shocked um, because I know he was questioned a couple of years in that and uh, years ago when that happened and um, didn't have any um, investigate or didn't have any allegation of of being involved in. It, it, at the time, but so I'm a bit shocked that this has come out. I know that that's it comes from an investigation last year where uh, it's a separate investigation where um, he's alleged to have not stopped a crime. So I don't understand enough about the situation, but um, when the trial will be, how long he'll be out of rugby, um, and it's obviously uh, merited a situation that this could go on for a while and that he, he could have a problem here or you know he's got to defend himself in whatever way um, his legal team see fit so um, it's 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 obviously alarming news to say the least that mm. you know he's this situation has cropped up and again I just saw it late last night so I don't know I didn't uh, I'll, I'm going to try and find out more obviously yeah. how, how long the, when, when is the trial going to be how long is he going to be out of rugby but obviously we've got a you know there's there's a lot of people involved in this and it's it's certainly a sensitive situation so um uh, you know I'm not, I don't know when the trial is going to be or when this is going to play out but obviously Munster have seen fit and Chris Farless seen fit to say that you know he has this is a challenge going forward and obviously he has some something you know he's got to you know defend himself and that uh, being in around the, the monster club and playing matches is something that they don't see uh, him capable of doing at the moment. Yeah, and that is uh, that is a reasonable stance, and we obviously have history in our relation to this uh, general topic matter on this island. So um, it's not as if it's brand new territory, and uh, we shall follow it and report on it as uh, events unfold, as you say, in terms of dates and that from the French courts. Um, talk to us about there was some of the aspects in relation to Connacht that you were talking about, about the the scrums and the lineouts, and certainly in a monster. Con- Context against uh, Cardiff last weekend, some stuff like missed tackles, um, maybe generally just not as sharp as you want. Obviously, a lot of Ireland players to come back into the mix. How long before we can start uh, critically analysing the Munster coaching ticket? That, that's a really good question, Adrian, because um, I, I definitely think we have to, and Munster fans alike, have to be patient. This is going to take a little bit of time. I think. Um, to play with the type of tempo and energy that I think the new coaches want. Um, I think, you know, there's a, a complete change in the way they want to play. And I think we saw glimpses of that last week in their kicking game, in their shape that they were trying to achieve throughout the, you know, throughout the uh, multi-phase, um, even our first and second phase, just the, the different lines of running and stuff like that. They got some of that stuff wrong. There's no doubt about it. Um, players in the backfield were getting isolated. Um, number of monster players ahead of the ball carrier at times, um, and then they lost the breakdown. So, I think there needs to be patience. And how long do we need that patience? I think was your question. Mm. Um, it, I, I think you, I think you've got to you've got to see glimpses of improvement throughout. You know, as you go on. So, in other words, going to the Dragons at the weekend, the the. The drop balls that that's, we saw a lot of last weekend, they need to get that right and just protect the ball a little bit more because aside from any sort of game plan change, changing stuff that's going on, simple catch pass has to be executed and, and 
unfortunately last week then they made they made the game difficult for themselves by turning the ball over themselves in, in crucial areas and then in turn you know Cardiff put a lot of pressure on them in the second half and caused them issues at the breakdown so if they look back at the video and they see that maybe there's nine or ten situations there where you know even 50% better in those situations well you never know you might have got a try or two out of that um, and so I think we've got to see an immediate improvement in, in the ball skills just the catch pass stuff and not to turn the ball over the defensive stuff that you mentioned I think that's just some shape look Finney Mitchley, very, very powerful guy. He's a very physical player on that first tax, tackle on Max Clewellyn. He he just doesn't hit and stick, I think. And uh, Clewellyn does really well and gets away and scores a try. I think the other ones from the set piece, Alex Kendellan had a heavy knock um, a couple of minutes before that and looked dazed, to be honest. And Munster ended up taking him off shortly after that anyway. Um on another day, he's up 10 yards, closes that space and that, that gap for Clewellyn again isn't there. And I think the last one is just, it's a three on three and I think it's poor defending. So they'd have been disappointed with the, the tries they conceded. But on the balance of play, Cardiff were probably the stronger side and, uh, you know, if Munster got a win there, I think Cardiff would have been really, really disappointed in what they did. They probably had enough possession and pressure and moments in the game to win it. But Munster could have come out of that game with a win. I think they got themselves back into a great position. So there's something to build on there. Uh, they certainly have a lot to work on. And I think the patience is probably... You're probably looking at a half a season, you know, up to Christmas to with a view to, you know, really going, God, that's absolutely brilliant to change and what they're trying to do. It's going to take a little bit of time because their pre-season would have been pretty short. I think they had two breaks in that Um integrating the players back in lots of chopping and changing in pre-season so you know maybe we'll see some you know positive steps uh, in the next couple of weeks but I think it's going to take a few months yeah um, one last one we've uh, one comment in from HC saying Raj for Leinster which I think we've long established is uh, probably not going to be all that likely he is going to be serving a six week uh, touchline ban uh, he disrespected the authority of a match fit official uh, during the uh, La Rochelle uh, game against Leon a couple of weeks ago so he's uh, got a few weeks to cool his jets Quinny is he, is he getting an off the ball ban as well for, <laughs> for a couple of weeks uh, yeah sure look he's um <laughs> Uh, he'll kill me for smiling about this, but that's what I did when I saw it. I knew I knew he had uh, something coming up, all right. But um, he's very emotional, and I think maybe you know he. It's not for me to tell him what to do, um, but he's got to probably be a little bit more careful because I think opposition coaches will try and rile him as well. He had that uh, issue with Urias, the Bordeaux coach, last year, and um, mm. you know I think we all get frustrated with referees at times and, and you know when he's down close to the touchline like that and um, some of the decisions can be baffling but he's probably got a got a temper he's emotional a little bit bit, bit better but um, yeah he's probably is he banned now from actually going to the game just touchline he's, he's got to be up on the touchline band so he's got to be up on the stand so yeah he'll have a few weeks to cool off so yeah we'll, uh, we'll probably catch up with him at some point over the next few weeks uh, Quinny thanks William Cheers. Thanks, Adrian. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.